Hello and welcome to Movie Theater Time Machine, where we go ahead and roll the dice to change movies for the better. So, while we round out Hulk Hogan month, we have this episode with Santa with Muscles. It's Now, the, we've already covered Santa with Muscles, but not with this crew, so... It's a revisit yeah, for it's some. It's a revisited episode. A revisit for some, and a uh, whole new experience for, uh, <laughs> for others. Oh, God. It's the remaster. So, I'm one of your hosts, I'm Nick... And I'm Cass. Bob's we over there. We can't see each other. Yeah, we can't. We I'm can't. Bob. Yeah, sorry. I'm Dan. <laughs> and I'm Joss. Yeah, we, we are not sorry. actually physically at the same table this t- this week. Uh, the we're on the couch. Yeah, the silly COVID nineteen yeah. nonsense has uh, kept us separated. So we're doing this. We're doing this remotely. remotely so if the yeah. sounds a little different, that's kind of how that's how that goes. Yeah. So this movie stars Hulk Hogan and everybody else of, hey, that's that person. Yep, pretty much. It's like, yeah, we have discount uh, Anthony Edwards. We Bob. have uh, yeah. we have Bob from That 70s Show. Yeah. Mia Kunis from That 70s Show. And we got five or six people from Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction. Oh, my God. Everybody yes. from Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction was in this. <laughs> like, legitly, I've been watching it. Because, you know, quarantine. That is true. And, no, like, yeah, it's crazy because I'm like, I just watched him. I just watched him. It's like, that Wait, kid, I know you too. It's like, that kid, that, that, that kid was like, he, he tempted wolves with cookies. With cookies. It's like, that's not how that works, but all right. <laughs> it was and, funny. I was just like, yeah. oh, my God, all these people. I just saw them. <laughs> Except for, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Valentine. Uh, Steve Valentine. Steve Valentine. Do- Doctor Blight is the voice of uh, Alistair. Alistair from Dragon Age. Yep, and he's in. He's basically a Disney bitch, isn't he? He's, he's in, a Disney bitch. He's in a ton yeah. of Disney like live action shows. A Disney bitch. Wow. Yep. It's a compliment. Right. Uh, so, well, yeah. it says a lot. Bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh. is from Disney. Yeah. Well. I was doing a lot of looking up because I remember we looked in the private chat and just like, oh, wow, this person's from this, this person's from that. And uh, the girl who played Elizabeth yeah. was one of the voices, I can't remember which character, but she was in The Land Before Time. Oh, my God. Was uh, she Ducky? I just remember she no. played Ducky. Oh, she played Ducky? That means that girl's dead. Possibly. Oh, no. I don't know... I don't know. Her voice sounded more like Sarah to me than Ducky. I'm gonna look it up. Oh, because the little girl that played the yeah the little girl that did the voice of Ducky in the original Land Before Time ended up getting killed by her dad. I think. Yeah, she died. Yeah. Oh right. I could I could be wrong on that, but let's. Where's my phone? I'm on I'm on it right the now. Actress, to Google. That actress's name is Aria Curzon. Yeah. Or Curzon. Just for a record. Oh, stop. Yeah, I turned off the sound. What is this? Oh, she's still alive, so I was wrong. Yeah, I don't think she okay. was Ducky. Yeah. I'm looking. Or her wiki says she was. Oh, she was, I think she was in a Ducky in a later version. Possibly. Because I know the, the very original Ducky, bad things happened. Yeah. Uh, and there were like 47 Land Before Time movies. Yeah. So that's she true. Was in yeah. A lot of that's true, yeah. Uh, she was uh, the voice of Teresa in Recess. Okay. 
that, that was a show that that, that was a show that missed me. I just I never watched Recess. I heard it was good though. It was a good show. Yeah. yeah. An environmentally conscious Ed Bagley Jr. plays the main villain. Right? Eb- <laughs> Ebner Frost. Fucking Ed Bagley Jr. I mean, and this, okay, this was basically a cartoon, right? This is this oh, is yeah. what we're yeah, watching? Yeah. Okay. With sound effects. Yeah. So yeah. when the movie starts up, we got... Uh, International Florida dirtbag Hulk Hogan uh, stalking some guy. Now, I had never seen this movie before. I haven't. I made it a point not to watch any reviews or listen to anything about it. He's stalking this house and like a chef and a chauffeur and all these people come after him and are trying to kill him. And I'm thinking, okay, he's infiltrating this house. How much does this guy pay his chef to to like? risk their life fighting Hulk Hogan for him. And then we realize, oh, wait, they work for him. Right. Okay. He just looks like he's trying to be Red Brown. Yeah, straight up. And let's just be real with it. Hulk Hogan is an asshole that has to learn a lesson. Yes. Yeah. Just like almost every other movie that he's in. He starts off hating kids. Is it far from the truth? No. Well, no, not really, considering some of yeah. his uh, more unpleasant opinions. Yeah. He has a habit sure. of uh, habit of using a few words he really shouldn't, considering his, well, let's say base skin tone, not the horribly tanned version that he becomes. <laughs> well, yeah, there there is one scene when he's playing, when he's, after amnesia, when he's playing Santa, and all of a sudden the kid sits on his lap, and I'm like... <gasps> Oh, no. No, no, no. No. No, that's not good. No. Not good, but... It's it's a very base, basic movie. Yeah, it's a standard <laughs> sort of... Kid movie? Christmas movie. It's a, yeah, kid's yeah. Christmas movie with over-the-top acting, uh, re- let's face it, straight-up ridiculous characters. Um... But we did run it run across a couple of other um, like kid actors in this because I'm sure everyone's everyone understands Mia Kunis was in this little baby Mia Kunis. Yeah, um, six year old Mina. Yep. There was also uh, from again Disney Disney bitches uh, Brenda Song was in this one. Yeah, she was. If anyone uh, was her, oh, yep. like the her, the yeah. little the right. little Asian girl Susan. That's Brenda Song. At the Wendy very Wu. beginning. Yeah. Little yes. Wendy Wu. Yep. Yes, Wendy Wu. Yep. I know where his lunch tipped in, but yeah. Uh the one who uh calls for Santa when the when the thugs try to steal the money for the mission. The very beginning. Oh that little girl, that's Brenda Song who later goes went on to Sweet Life with Zach and Cody and the whole uh, I know oh. t- I know more about this than I really should, but uh, yeah, she <laughs> went on to be London Tipton in yes. those shows. And a little side. She tip looked too. like she was oh. trying to cosplay uh, Dora the Explorer. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well before it's, Dora the Explorer. It's the haircut. Yeah, yeah. And see, being a small child. Yeah, we watched a bunch yeah. of movies yesterday, so I, like in my in my head, I'm getting little baby Brenda Song mixed with the character Sean Yu from the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, <laughs> and it is a weird combo. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's, it's on. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, we have Clint Howard doing his best, you know, doing his best here to begin with, but he's basically a knockoff Barney Fife. Yep, it's it, oh, yeah. he's doing his Clint, his Clint Howard business. <laughs> I love the scene later when he's trying to like approach his car to try to be like having attitude about it. And he's, you know, how fast you were going, buddy. And he's trying real hard not to be a giant dweebus. <laughs> But, I thought the whole point was he's, 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 he is a giant. Well, yeah, he, he is. Oh, he absolutely is, but he wants to be, you know, tough and, and cool and, like, you know, the hard ass, but he's he's Clint Howard. He's he's a dweebus. That's how that works. And the thing is, is what's established, I don't know if anyone else seen this, but it seems like he's the sheriff. Yeah. All right, and how we got to that point, I don't know. This has got to be a really yeah, small town. Yeah, because the Edwards is like yelling at them when they have the bazooka. Yeah, it's yep. a really small town with apparently with heavy ordnance. You do not fuck with bazooka cop. I'm like, what the fuck? Where did the bazooka come from? Like, I've seen samurai cop, or at least pe- pieces of it, and that's not as dumb as bazooka cop. <laughs> uh. Yeah, what about the bad guys uh, with their weapons, their T-squares? Yep, all their weapons, it's like, it's basically an axe, let's, I hope that T-square is, uh, is actually reinforced, or otherwise just gonna be like, I will strike you, and then it breaks. <laughs> oh, yeah, how many kids are, like, afraid of nuns? Because, you know, like, oh, your, geez. Uh, your mom who went to Catholic school. And I went to Catholic it. school. Dan Did nuns still hit school. with rulers? I went to Catholic oh, school. Uh, when what? I was in Catholic, my school anyway, they didn't do the actual corporal punishment, and no. there was only one actual nun that was a teacher among the... I went there from first to eighth grade. Yep. So I didn't go to middle schools. So I didn't have that experience. Same, fam. Um, fifth grade, it was Sister Timothea. Uh, Sister Timothea was about 6,000 years old when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> and as far as I know, she's still teaching. Mr. Soul, wow. she's, a, she's a time lord, I'm telling you. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, she wouldn't hit anyone. Like, Bob, Bob remembers Sister Tim. She wouldn't hit anyone, but she would whack the corner of the desk with a ruler if you weren't paying attention, and it would scare yes. the living yeah. hell out of you. See, the only nun I had it was in, like, second grade, and she filled in while my teacher was having a baby. Yeah. And she became, she is currently, actually, the principal of St. Stanislaus. Yeah. She is no longer a nun. Hasn't been for 15, 20 years. Okay. Um, she lost the faith completely. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I have no real basis for comparison for nuns. All right. So, uh, Sister Tim's class was uh, the, the day I was really, really sick and I threw up on a picture of Jesus in the religion book. She was the one who made me go sit in the hallway because apparently demons sit in the hallway. Uh, I just oh sat in the hallway because I made fun of the apostles. I was just really sick that day. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Why are 12 dudes sitting in a room by themselves together? What are they doing? Yeah. Don't don't kink shame. Eating? I'm not kink shaming, yeah. but but ten year old me. I thought they were eating like, food. No, yeah. it was during the last whole supper. No, know. past the last supper. It was um the resurrection time around Easter. Oh, okay. You know, the three days after he died, they all like huddled uh, in a room together. Well, because they were probably oh. being uh being like hunted. No, not they were, they were laying low. It's just like, oh god, the Romans. 
No, they they uh, were they spreading jam on the on the lawn and saying, "Come on, let's go look for Jesus." I don't know, <laughs> but I made a comment. Where did you get that joke from? Robin Williams. <laughs> Let's see. Spe- speaking of Passover, has anyone else noticed that this is going to date this podcast specifically? Passover? Okay. Oh yeah. We got. Yeah, we got a. Uh, we got the virus going around. Okay, we got we got yep. the first plague. We got locusts going on in Africa right now. <laughs> and my coworker, my coworker has reported a like hundreds of frogs in her backyard. I will tell you right now, as a firstborn son, I am straight up worried. <laughs> okay. This is yeah. this is getting spooky. Yeah. Damn. Um I can add one more to the nun stories. Okay. When I, I worked for a company junior achievement for a while and they sent me into this Catholic school uh that was uh Saint Michael's. Yep. And the the principal was a nun named Sister Marie who was a patient of my mom's. Okay. And she felt she knew me better with that result. And All right. the whole time I tried to make her laugh just to see if she had any humanity to her. And she was she like straight and, up stone faced? Oh, well, there was one time she came in. She was in like full garb. And I'm talking, I'm making the kids laugh, and I'm teaching and I'm doing my thing. And she's like, I hope you're not treating my classroom like a comedy club. And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, what did the teacher teach you? What did they teach you? They're, they're answering the right questions. He's like, well, it's a little unorthodox, but I see you're doing a good job, Nick. Good for you. And I turn around, and there's Jesus above the blackboard. I go, wow, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and she starts laughing. And she sounded like a broken accordion. Oh, my God. Like, if accordion was punctured, it just hung. And it was oh, like, God. She sounded like a goose. And I turned to the kid. I'm like, one of the kids, I'm like, what is that? <laughs> she's laughing, dude. It's like, what like, happened? She's laughing? That's laughter? It's, she sounds like she's, she's def- laughing? She really? sounds like she's deflating. What's happening? <laughs> I got it. on the uh, the uh, the topic of uh, laughter. There, there's a point in this film about 32 minutes and 50 seconds into it where there's a uh, a transition. That's a precise number. I love that you oh, know I know that. I I did because I had to go back and uh, listen to it multiple times. <laughs> I thought I was hearing things, but if you if you're watching the film and you go to that time point, uh, they are sitting at the table. This group and I have never heard Mila. Kunis laughed before, and I thought I was hearing things. It sounds like a, like a hyena or something. <laughs> I mean, and if you go to that point in the film, uh, I recommend it because it is. They basically uh, they loop them laughing in this particular scene, I thought and so her much. laugh like stands out above everybody else. And oh my god, what you have to hear! <laughs> what what a strange laugh! I mean, I've I've I seen thought I was things. I've seen a lot oh, of that '70s show, so it makes sense to me that she'd sound like a hyena. We yeah. even watched it last night. Yeah. Like. Well, I was playing Legend of Zelda. She was watching. Uh, that somebody uh, show. Yeah, words are hard. All right. Wait. What? What other movie were we watching yesterday? Where everything connected? It, no, it was Santa with Muscles. Where everything connects back to that seventy show. Yeah. Because the producer of Santa with Muscles, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was the guy that Leonardo DiCaprio played in Wolf of War- Wall Street. 
And all right, so all right, here's the here's the connections we have to that '70s show. Mia Kunis is in this, obviously. Guy who plays Bob is in this, Bob. obviously. Bob. And the producer right. of this movie was ended up sharing ben when he Belfort. yeah when he went to when he went to prison he shared a cell with Tommy Chong who was also on that '70s show. Everything <laughs> comes back to that '70s show. Wow. Yeah. And that uh, person we're referring to is Jordan Ross Belfort. Yes, that one. I could not remember his name. He's also featured. I actually in had to look it Wolf, up. The Wolves of Wall Street in mm-hmm. film. He was uh, one of the, uh, I guess, whatever Leo DiCaprio he yeah. was portrayed yeah. in the film or something. Yep, yep. I actually had to look it up because I couldn't remember if um, Hogan was in that 70s show because they did a wrestling episode, but it wasn't him, it was The Rock. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I had to look it up. I was like, oh, was he in it? No. That's actually a little disappointing, honestly. I know. The Rock was portraying his father in that. Yeah. That yep. Episode. Yeah. It was, it was a fun episode. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that one. I didn't watch that show, but I, I liked that episode. I watched that show beginning to end, which is a little kind of cringy now because of Danny Masterson. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we watched uh, Outbreak yesterday, and that has Kevin Spacey in it. So every time yeah, he was on was screen, icky. we were all going, "Ugh." Yeah, it was icky. Yeah, the only thing I can remember about that show was the one episode where um, Kelso was trying to see Donna Topless. <laughs> oh, you yeah. mean every episode ever? No, yeah, there's one particular in, one. Like, all right. And then he's, then he's just like, oh, he's like, oops, sorry. And that's the only thing I can remember. It's because, yeah, that was actually um, the yearbook episode. Because, oh. yeah, because Donna was changing and somebody walked in and saw her topless. And oh. Kelso was the only one who didn't see her. And oh. so the rest of the show he kept trying to see her topless until one point when she was just like kelso fine and she flashes him oh yeah he passes passes out out. (laughs) hot donna (laughs) (laughs) yep no yeah it's still the only thing i can remember with um other than that with that 70s show was the the uh the episode where um Tommy Chong's character Man is running the photo booth. Yep. And uh, oh, and then there's the interview with Hyde. Yep. And the end of it is he's like, "Oh man, far out. Can can you can I have Friday off?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, his character's name was Leo, and the only reason I remember that is because my nephew's name is Leo. Oh. Yep. <laughs> oh wow. Yep. Oh works. So, yeah, um, but we watched Santa with Muscles last yes. show. Yeah, and this <sighs> Santa with Muscles is a very bizarre movie, and, oh, but God. it's even weirder when you see it again. I watched it once. That was enough. Yeah, this, yeah, this was uh, this was a first-time experience for me and Joss. Um, like, I'd heard of it, and I knew the very basic premise of it, but I didn't realize we had actual supervillains in this. Right. Like, was... Electric Hands Lady, and... Yeah, superpower people. And wow. stink, I thought she was neat. And Captain Stink Gas and Guy has a jackhammer. His superpower right. is has a jackhammer. 
genuinely yeah, we, thought Electric Lady was uh, Kate Blanchett because when she had the glasses on, I'm like, oh wow, a starring role for Kate Blanchett. Go for her. <laughs> I actually really liked some, that character. I don't know what it is, but I thought yeah. she was neat. I was like, oh, a superhero or a supervillain with like electricity powers, which follows you know we're, we're four every for, other movie we've seen with Hogan. Yeah, we're four for four on Hogan movies and electricity being a huge part of it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Only instead of killing the villain, it just knocks down a uh, knocks down a California mission, which um, okay. I have a question about the uh, entire plot. Essentially, <laughs> if uh, okay. if, if you know the 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 Captain Planet villain, Doctor Blight, and his boss. You know, Ebner Frost, and they they all want these crystals underneath this neighborhood, and after this big crazy fight, they all start exploding or whatever. Wouldn't that collapse the entire neighborhood and not just the mission? Yes. Yeah. All right. Just, you know, just, just checking. Movie science, man. Movie science. <laughs> I mean, it should collapse the entire neighborhood, kill thousands of people, and become like an absolute war crime that these people will never leave jail from. Where were we? Um, not a hundred percent sure. We were talking about like explosions and how the entire, like the entire, like neighborhood should have collapsed and killed thousands of people in war crimes. At least that's the last bit I remember. And then I said, but then they would have to explain Bazooka Cop. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This was a movie, I think, that was created by throwing a whole bunch of shit at the wall and just, and then everybody ran out of time and nobody was going to get paid after, so they just went with it. Well, from what I read, it actually went into theaters for like two weeks. It made $230,000. It got pulled because it was doing so poorly. Because it was um, dumb, let's face it. This movie well, yeah. was dumb. And it was, like, I guess supposed to be based around that time frame where kids' movies were, like, completely off the wall. And they were comparing it to Jingle All the Way and saying that uh, Schwarzenegger was like Laurence Olivier compared to Hogan. That's a compliment. <laughs> um, that is a ooh. hell of a compliment. Have yeah. you seen Jingle All the Way? I have. That's... The so, so Sinbad's basically Leonard Poitier at this point? It pretty much. <laughs> like, he, they were saying, Sydney like... Sidney Poitier, yeah. Okay. Sidney Poitier. Poitier. I did that wrong. Leonard Maltin yes. and Sidney Poitier mixed <laughs> together in my brain. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought the movie ma- um, made sense. I mean, there was some random stuff, but it had a structure to it. Yeah, it it made, did. It, it, oh. I mean, there was a plot, so we can say that at yeah. least. Granted, the movie was created by dipping their head in the cocaine bucket, coming back out going, guys, I got an idea. But at least it kind of <laughs> stuck together a little. Oh, yeah, no, it they, it had a plot. I'm not saying it didn't. I'm just saying that they were comparing it to other Christmas movies that had come out relatively recently to it. And showing that Hogan's acting and the storyline and everything was so convoluted that these other terrible Christmas movies made sense. Right. Yeah. Because Jingle All the Way, let's face it, is that's bad too. Oh, it's, it's not just, a good It's movie. not a great movie. I didn't even like it as a kid. No. Nah. So. And that kid I was. I remember Jingle All the Way. I never saw it. It's basically you know those 
remember Tickle Me Elmo? Remember how crazy yeah. Tickle Me Elmo was? Mm-hmm. It's basically that. It's this toy that's... An action figure? Hmm? An action figure? I mean, it was, yeah. kind of, it was like a kid's doll that uh, would react if you poked it in certain ways. And it was one of those, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. crazy, every kid wants this. Yeah, it was and... like the Furby of its time or the whatever, a couple years ago, the Hatchimals or whatever those were. Yeah, the Nobody ones could that you find could Cabbage Patch Kids. Cabbage yeah. Patch Kids, yeah. Like, you remember the riots over the Cabbage Patch Kids? They was damn near the same for the Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah. And that's what this movie is based on. And I believe, uh, what's this, Simad? What's up? Sinbad? Was Sin- that? Sinbad was in Jingle All the Way, yeah. He was a yeah. postal worker. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, do, you, do you know how many postal memes pop around on the uh, on on my groups that involve him? Like, that one scene of him, like, coming in the room and seeing how everything's crazy and his eyes are wide, and he's like, ooh. So many postal memes involve that picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's basically the premise, is you've got Schwarzenegger who's trying to get this toy for his kid. You've got uh, Sinbad, who's trying to get this toy for his kid. They had, like, a a last run of them at a toy store, and the two of them are fighting over this last one, and wacky hijinks ensue. And isn't it like by the end the kid doesn't even want it anymore? Yeah, because he just wants his dad or some shit. Uh-huh. Dad, I want you to be home. Forget your job. You need to be home. You're a bad Christmas dad. It's like this. The reason we have a home is because I work, kid. Get over it. I mean, it's no yeah. Santa Claus. No. Right. And I think that's kind of related to this because some of this you just you need dumb cops. Yes. In order to get through movies like this. Yes. Dumb cops and dumb heavily armed cops, which. Dumb, is this heavily armed cops? It's a good way to put it. So yeah, is this Florida? <laughs> I don't know. No, uh, I think it's supposed. To, it's supposed to be California. We got the the mission that they're in because they don't really have that kind of structure in Florida. All the palm trees, which you can have in Florida, but they're not native. I don't think. I mean, they're not native to California either. But right. True. But yeah, uh, but yeah, at the beginning. <laughs> sorry. No, it's alright. So Hulk Hogan is an asshole, mm-hmm. a rich asshole. Lake Thorne. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's get real. Let's get honest right now. Let's yeah. get real honest. Was he acting is the question. <laughs> <laughs> With all his rules. Oh, God, so many rules. <laughs> Rule number 43, when in doubt, get out. He sounds... <laughs> we never see again. Oh yeah, and he, he goes, he goes and hangs out with his. Yeah, he he summons his dirtbag friends and they go out paintballing and harassing the cops. Why didn't they show up again later? Like after he has his whole, he comes back to realizing who he is and he goes to rescue the kids from the supervillains. He should have been like dirtbags assemble, but no. Instead, he brings right. his butler and the cook and and the chauffeur. It's like, oh come on, like weaponize your dirtbags. <laughs> Could the dirtbags fight though? I don't know, like maybe. the staff could fight. That's a good question. Well, I'm not sure. And the staff's been trained. Yeah. 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 It's a yeah. It's a really bad reunion of the NWO, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I like um, the fact that he's very aware 
that some of his products aren't selling. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, God. Okay, Blake's whey. It's obviously a whey protein, mm-hmm. which really should have been spelled W-H-E-Y. I think it was a pun. Oh, yeah, but yeah. still, it, it bothered me. <laughs> and most of that out there is crap anyway. It, you have protein shakes, though. Yeah, I do, but I find legitly good stuff. <laughs> legitly good powder. It took me a long time to find stuff like that. Well, could you read the ingredients list on this fictional beverage uh, powder? Okay, it has a cartoon Hulk Hogan in the front. Yeah. And if we did lives... It, it, it really is yeah. a seal of quality. Yeah, oh yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. You know, if it's the same cartoon cover as he has on his cereal box, mm-hmm. then there, there you are. You know, it's it's a oh my god, he's a really like really bad Jacqueline. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! See, uh, oh. it was one part later on once he figures out who he is and he's home again. He's eating yeah. <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, it's a big old bowl of slop. I was trying to figure out yeah. what he was eating because it doesn't look appetizing at all. Cross no. between gruel and oatmeal. Right? And it was like almost blue. Yeah. They were thinking, is that an MRE or something? Yeah, I, I was actually like, is he eating MREs? Like, what is this? It might be. It looks like the crap it. that he sells. He doesn't like that's the health food anymore now that he's had a taste of sweet, sweet cookies. I mean, I'm, I, I fit. That's what I figured. Like he's like, oh, all this health food. Wait, I've had cookies and milk and good food, and oh crap, this sucks. I've had jerk chicken, and now my my bowl of glop is terrible. Also, they're feeding those kids <laughs> jerk chicken, which is fine, but it's jerk chicken is very spicy. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> which isn't bad, but I'm just like my tiny little like twelve year old palate. Would have been like, what the fuck am I eating? True. I don't know. How do you know it was jerk chicken? Because they said it. They said it. Ah. It's jerk chicken night. Yeah. And that was played. I forgot the character's name. Made from 100% evil chickens. Hmm? Made from 100% evil chickens. Because they're jerk chickens. Uh-huh, they're jerk chickens. Mm. Yeah. But uh, it was played by Garrett Morris, uh, best known for one of the original cast members of Saturday Night Live. Yep. And comes back every once in a great while to do some funny stuff. But he was, um, one of the characters he played on Saturday Night Live is really good. Is he played a general, um, who did these little PSAs. And they were making fun of, like, PSAs that were released in the Korean War and uh, in Vietnam. Okay. So he would do this stuff, and he would just do this. He would sit at a desk, and he goes, I'm general, or whatever the hell it was. And then he'd talk, and he's like, do not, do not laugh about syphilis. You don't laugh about any STDs. And then the, the caption would go, you know, STDs is nothing to clap about. <laughs> oh, that's and awful. then it would just fade out. And he was obviously on a lot of coke when he did that. Um, it, probably. What's yeah. funny is I just realized something. He yeah. was in an episode of Psych. Um, he was? Yes, with Steve Valentine. Yeah. 
the uh, the guy who played Doctor Blight. The connections continue. They were together oh. in this episode. Like he played his butler. Yeah. And it's... I'm just like, okay. Ironically, yeah. he was also in How High, which connects to a different movie we watched yesterday. We didn't watch How High. Oh. No, but it was mentioned a few times in a movie we did watch. No, we uh, was it How High? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. With Method Man. What was How High? Uh, yeah, so it was a. Uh, I'm referring back to watching uh, the J- Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, oh okay. Because Method Man and Red Man were in in that movie, and they referenced How High several mm-hmm. times in it. Oh, oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, okay, so some of the goofy stuff that Hogan gets into, like you know, play pretending that he's Santa. So, oh yeah, so to escape the cops that are chasing him. He gets into a, he hides behind the scenes at a mall, and he gets into a Santa suit he finds, mm-hmm. and runs away from the cops, and finds one of the elves, uh, wants him, needs to get Santa out because he owes a, because uh, the manager offered 50 bucks to whoever finds Santa, and he owes the um, Frost, like, a bunch of money for gambling or something. And apparently Santa is like a hot commodity in this uh, in this particular mall. Yeah, and there's yeah, maybe that Santa particularly quit. Who was maybe he died, and this is the replacement. Or he's drunk in a corner. Yeah, or he's drunk in a corner. That's true. Or the one thing I thought of is she the the um, the office manager, mall manager. Is walking around offering fifty bucks for for anyone who could find a Santa. So he's on the line. We don't know who he's on the line with yet, on the phone. Yep. And okay. So yeah, Ned Stark. Lenny. Yeah, Lenny. So <coughs> he uh he she he hears she's offered fifty bucks. He goes, oh well. Maybe my maybe my debts will be paid off after all. Maybe this won't be so bad. So he owes fifty bucks. He owes fifty bucks, but he still doesn't pay it off. No, no. he gets like easily quadruple that fr- just from Blake Blake Thorne's wallet, and he doesn't yeah. pay off his debt. Instead, he just continues to be an asshole. Oh, this he is an asshole. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. This thing is basically trying to figure out how to access the credit cards to at an ATM, but also, it can't do it without a thumbprint. With yeah, a high uh, tech. When did that happen? <laughs> I mean, hell, the ATMs we have today don't do that shit. No. No, but it's the high tech, the, the high tech, um, oh God, words are hard today. It's okay. Yeah, but the high tech ATM, <laughs> that's the world class bank. Or secure bank or whatever. All right. I mean, okay, but it's just I don't know. Again, it's a kids' movie. I'm questioning too much into a kids' movie. Although I admit that is kind of the point of this podcast is to question <laughs> movies more than they really need to be. Oh yeah, that don't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just like the fact that he was hiding from the cops in the garbage chute. Yep. Yeah. And nobody saw his, you know, hands on the edge of the garbage chute at all. Gigantic hands. Gigantic hands. Yeah. 
It's basically I'm chasing Sasquatch. There's no way those big meaty sausage fingers holding on to their ah nah he couldn't be him. He must be up in the vents. Well, it can't be him because he didn't have white gloves on. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. He didn't have white gloves, so that's not a problem. And then somebody up above is throwing trash down the chute, and that's how he gets knocked down and he hits in his head and loses his memory. Forgets we I kind of like Amnesia Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of goes along with things, and then he beats up punks, and it's great. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, by this point in the movie, I think both Joss and I were getting real bored. We're just like, do we want to just like look this up on Wiki and find the plot synopsis? And then he starts beating up these punks, and I'm like, all right, I'm back in. All right, Okay. <laughs> He's beating up punks, and uh, oh, then one guy in the background... Trying to steal money from the orphanage yes. charity. By stuffing a Yo. giant fishbowl thing under his shirt. She's like, oh, look, he's expecting. <laughs> I was wondering how old these punks were supposed to be, because one of them looked 30. Right? <laughs> well, clearly they're teenagers. With attitude. <laughs> but yeah, also, I like that the fact that one of them could like, do like a super taekwondo kick. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and oh, one of them grabs yeah. a, a candy cane from the Santa display, and he's, like, wielding it like a bow staff. And just here, from off camera, look out, he's got a candy cane! <laughs> it's easily my favorite line in this whole movie. <laughs> oh, shit, he's armed! <laughs> and there was a great line right after that where he goes, See, kids, it, it pays to be nice. Now, who wants to help me clean up? And I expected everybody to scatter like roaches. I knocked over it. That would have made the movie funny. Yeah. Yes. He wants to that clean up. Nope. Yeah. But hey, Gino so Lenny explains that his his sleigh is in the shop. Yeah. And yeah. Lenny explains that Squiggy yeah. is working on his sleigh. It's in the shop. Yeah. Oh, good. And um, why did he start doing this again? I know it has to do with getting the money, but. Well, he saw that there was an orphanage that needed help, and when he was beating up the people, he that. noticed the sign. But I mean, Lenny, why Lenny's doing this ruse about San... Oh, because he needed them to... At first, he needed them to get into the little house to just with the kids. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, because... And, well, Lenny's doing... Okay. The timing of it is weird because Lenny's doing part of this because he's being forced to by Frost, but he's also doing it because he wants to somehow get access to Hulk Hogan's credit cards because, let's face it, Lenny makes poor life decisions and he just keeps himself in this whole mess and never really changes out of that elf costume except to be the Easter Bunny hamster thing or whatever. Yeah, doesn't he have like a like a fantasy of getting all the money? Uh, yeah, he wants he wants to be rich and like run away to like South America or whatever. But he is really he's a really shitty criminal. <laughs> he's so bad he's at awful it. Awful criminal, yeah. He's dumb as hell. Yeah. yeah, he's dumb as dirt. He doesn't know when to get the hell out. Ugh. No. No, he could just leave. Yeah. Or just tell the, well, Blake, well, Santa, like, hey, I'm having a lot of issues here. These people are really bad. I just saw you beat up a bunch of bad people. Can you help me here? 
Right. And the movie would have been 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But because Lenny makes poor life decisions, we get an hour and a half of, wait, what did I just right. watch? Yeah. <laughs> an hour and a half of bizarre movie. Yep. And, see, and uh, oh, and the villains are are riding around in an ice cream truck. Uh-huh. That plays the uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents theme. Yep. Yep. That I, that I found entertaining as hell. <laughs> and I just, okay. It's, it's. These ca- these three doctors, Dr. Flint, Dr. Watt, and Dr. Vile, not V-I-L-E, V-I-A-L. I looked it up because he's got, like, vials of stink gas or whatever. Yeah. These are, like... We call them breaking sad. Yes. Yeah. Mythic. Breaking sad. These guys are legit supervillains. Okay, cool. Got yeah. it. Fine. But there are no actual, like, superheroes in this world. And apparently I'm having a... seeing the Santa with muscles. I mean, is he is he going to be like the first super? Are we going to get the Easter Bunny with, I don't know, steroids or something? Yes. That, that joke, <laughs> that one got away from me. I don't know. But it's just, I'm trying to figure out like how they're trying to like set this and it doesn't really work for me. How does so? Uh, basically because there's a bunch of super villains and no actual super heroes. And the cops have bazookas for some reason. Like, why would the cops have bazookas if there weren't other super beings? Well, uh, Santa with muscles is kind of like, he's the, the hero of the piece. And he's strong enough to, to keep the truck from, oh, he just grabs the chain that's stuck, that's on the truck and keeps it from running over that guy, you know? Yeah. That's pretty super to me. I mean, all right. Okay. I mean, I just, <sighs> okay. It was a, but, it was a dumb movie. No question. But I'm, like, reaching to find things to complain about because <laughs> it was the right kind of stupid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beautifully dumb. Be- yeah, beautifully beautifully, dumb. beautifully, beautifully dumb. stupid movie. Yeah. And I think when they when they get to the, the orphanage, the first question is, is, like, what's answered right away, thankfully, like, you got all that adult space, and you only have three children. That's, That's what I was thinking those too. Are the leftovers that didn't get homes. Yeah. yeah, they're the ones nobody wanted. Oh, the island of misfit toy. Yep. Yeah, that's the point. Well, see, we know at I least know. We, we know one of them at the very least gets uh, gets taken in by uh, my theory is Jonathan Frakes and put to work in uh, in Fact or Fiction because he's in at least half a dozen stories on that show. No, he's only really? in one. Are we sure? Yeah. He's just the, just the weird ghost wolf cookie thing? He was also, you're going to laugh at me, he was also in Gimbal Girls. Oh, um, okay. He played a character where it's sort of a based on himself. He was on Broadway. Okay. He was uh, in Into the Woods. Sure. Um, like the actual actor. Okay. Yeah. He played his character, who was actually doing that in the Gilmore Girls. Yep. It scares me how much you know about random actors that we find on this on this show. I actually do. I know a lot about random actors because that was my hobby. For a very long time. Huh. Yeah. Wow. 
You give me an yeah. actor, I could probably tell you where I've seen them and when I saw them. And do a six degrees of pretty much anybody situation. Yeah. Six really degrees of an 80s movie? Yep. Probably, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll give you a weird example. Um, did anybody actually ever see the original um, Escape to Witch Mountain from, like, the 70s? I have not. Disney? I don't know. I did. Okay. The little girl, who pl- uh, one of the siblings... It's been too long, but I'm following you. The little girl, she was actually in a 80s movie called Tough Turf with James Spader and Robert Downey Jr. And you see her tits in it. And it's very disconcerting. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Mm-hmm. It's the last thing. Her name is, I think, Kim Richards or Kim Richardson. Kim Possible. But these are random things that I know. You give me an actor, I can trace them in my brain. Okay, so with that being said, you get evil scientist Ed Begley Jr. Yep. So, who... Oh. Yeah. Ed Begley Jr., okay. Um, the most recent one that I can think of, he was in a movie called Book Club, relatively recently, with... Um, uh, what the hell's her name? Jane Fonda, uh, Craig T. Nelson, um, Mary Student Masterson. Um, not Mary Student Masters. Mary's. So she keeps. She keeps looking at me at me for help. I'm like I don't know any of this. Um. Yeah. No. He's been a lot of other stuff, though. Oh. Oh, he was also in. Um, What's your number? He played the dad in that. Oh. Um, I, there's a bunch more I can think of. Yeah. There's a really great bit from when he he voiced himself in The Simpsons. Yep. Where he, he had an electric car that was powered on his own self-well-being and feeling good about himself. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't harm the environment, just myself. <laughs> it, it was just... It's just an oddity little bit, but he plays Ebner Frost, who, okay, he's evil. Number one, got it. Has a... Weird has thing a, about germs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a germaphobe, but he wants to have all the magical crystals, and they're underneath, they're, they're underneath the catacombs, underneath the church of this, of this orphanage. Yep. And and he wants them for reasons. Reasons. Money, more money cuz they're worth a lot of money. Yeah, but, no. but he already apparently has infinite money. But he's greedy. Yeah. yeah. I like the fact that um they kind of played with his name a little bit cuz you know yeah. Ebenezer Scrooge and Jack Frost. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And his name is Ebner. What the yeah. heck kind of name is Ebner? Well, he has a ton of kegs all around his property, too, that just randomly start firing off. What, the smokestack yeah. things? Yeah, I don't know what those are supposed to be. Yeah, I just thinking, are you wasting looks... a ton of beer? Also, why did they wrap up all the topiary? Oh. Symbolism. <laughs> Is he that afraid of germs? He has to wrap up the topiary? I don't know. 
Symbolism. <laughs> the smoke. The smoke like reminded me of couch. something you would see uh, if you were uh, the wrestlers walking out for their entrance. They'd have those like smoke thing, those stacks going off next to them. So uh, I don't know if that was like a wrestling reference or something, but that's all I could Maybe? attribute it to. <laughs> I really didn't know. <laughs> I thought it just made his evil lair look more evil. Yeah. While he's intimidating people into selling their property. Uh, I guess put them foil uh, on the outside of the door or something. I, I don't. I don't know what they were. I really don't get it. But I don't also, get it. my other question: <laughs> this mission, those are usually run by like the government. So possibly, or usually like um, I don't think anybody there actually owned it. So no, they would have no actual say as to whether or not they sold it. True. <laughs> yeah, but that that doesn't work for a kids movie. I know. It's like, I know. That, that's like paperwork. It's just like no, the people who live there must own the place. That's how things work. Children. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's also going to be really bad PR for someone who kicked a whole bunch of orphans out. Oh yeah. Yeah. As well, so I think that's the big deal for it. But it, and okay, so one other point with this is when they reveal that there are crystals below the church, and they're like, oh yeah, they're in the old catacombs. <laughs> the old catacombs under a California mission. It's like, whoa, 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 hold on. Are, no, just no. Also, they let the kids play down there. They play Thank in the, you. Yeah, they yeah. play in the catacombs. They use the skulls as cup holders. It's like... <laughs> I mean, it's like we set up our clubhouse in the catacombs under the building. We hang out with the dead. Oh, that's gonna be Jeremy. <laughs> catacombs, clubhouse. No, no, no. <laughs> no I'm, I'm just thinking it's like one of Lamilla Kunas grabbing the skull, going, "Hi, I'm Fez." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that it's man! Way ahead of its time. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, guys. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many disturbing bits to that. Like, they, okay, they're pl- trying to figure out the combination to a vault. How they figured out three digits, I don't know. And they never really figured out how how he knew the fourth digit. Like, uh, they were all divisible by four. <laughs> Well, here's Not the thing. Sure. The clearly, I, they... I got insight. Okay, oh, go ahead. you do. Yeah. Well, I watched the film twice because the first time I couldn't understand why this is a film, and then I watched <laughs> it again, and I realized it's. It reminds me of drinking a cup of water. It's just drinking a cup of water, and uh, I realized on my second viewing, um, if you go back to the scene when they uh, go to open the catacomb or the uh, that big vault, uh, you'll notice that. Uh, there's a series of initials uh, written all over the catacomb. I did notice that. And um, the the uh, they zoom in on BT, which is Blake Thompson, which I realized on the second view. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's his Nick character's name. So even though Wait, he, he was still in his comatose state, for some reason uh, he somehow was able to recollect uh, that number system. So maybe whether his character at that given moment when the kids were rattling off each number at that point by the time he got to the fourth number, he he remembered it. But it was fascinating how he was looking back at uh, 
Don Stark's uh, elf character and going, how was I able to open the door? It's like, how are you able to remember the damn combination, you moron? Where did that shit come from? <laughs> yeah, no, I noticed... How did I open a door? I noticed that they focused on, on. the the BT. Um, I honestly never even saw the the letters yeah, BT. It just there's a bunch of um bunch of initials. Yeah, yeah I didn't even see I've it. I've seen this twice. I didn't even think of it either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they focused in on it. So yeah, I figured it had to do with him being there before, but um, you know, there's gonna be thousands of combinations, but that particular luck um. When you find the right one, it makes a click. So theor- right. they found three. Right. They've they been playing with it for a while. They couldn't just keep going until it clicked for that last one? Well, no, because they might have to turn it the other way. I mean, that's what they would do, wouldn't it? Not always. It depends on the lock. Every combination lock I've ever had is like left, right, left. Or, you know, it, it alternates between the numbers. Well, this is supposed All to be right, like a left, big right. vault door. Okay, so. and it's only got four numbers. Apparently. So, I don't know. If they figured out three of them, then theoretically they should have been able to figure out the last one. Yeah, maybe. You know, I guess the fourth number in my head. You know what it, You know what the number was likely? What? <laughs> 32. <laughs> All because divisible by four. I, I If you think, look at it. I mean, they were doing uh, the eight uh, table. Right? It was like eight, 24, 16. I thought 32. It's I either 32. thought 32 <laughs> or four. Yeah. Either way, I was gonna. I, yeah. I was gonna oh, say right. forty-two because that's the answer to everything. It would be forty-two. Forty-two, possibly. Two. I thought for sure. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be thirty-two. It's like eight, sixteen, twenty-four, thirty-two. I'm like, hey, it's gonna be thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, that's... it could be. Yeah. yeah, it could could have been definitely. Just a yeah. guess. I don't know. I'm just what you just said, Bob, was pretty interesting though, because I can remember. Like when I saw this, what the the big reveal at the end seemed so damn shoehorned in. Oh, the yeah, whole the, yeah. The hints yeah. that he was ever an orphan. He was yeah, an orphan, like, and his best friend. We might as well um, get into it. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Hulk Hogan finally figures out who he is. Yeah. Um, and they bring him back to his mansion. And well, he's found in the garbage, brought right. back to his mansion. After the fight with Steve Valentine. After the Valentine. fight with Steve Valentine. And if you're telling me that Steve Valentine can take more than a single blow from Hulk Hogan, <laughs> I'm calling shenanigans on that. Um, I did think that was a really awesome fight, though. Yeah. I mean, it was a cool fight in the, in the I guess it's a bell tower, right? I guess so. You got an old bell tower, yeah. yeah that, it was a cool fight, sure, but if you're telling me that scrawny little nothing can take more than a single hit from, was it 44-inch pythons? Yeah. 24. 24. Yeah. 44 is my waist, I think. Yeah. But yeah, either way, 24-inch pythons, and he can't, and he can take more than one hit? No. BS. I call shenanigans. So Hulk <laughs> oh, wins. No, I'm with you. So Hulk wins the fight, and then the Santa robot tries to murder him. By pulling him out of the tower and into a conveniently placed truck full of soft garbage. Yeah, Robot. No not even the T-800 could, like, I mean, that's incredible. The T-800 yeah. is equally as strong. It's amazing. Honestly. Uh, there is one thing that I wanted to mention with that. When we were talking about fights on a, literally on a rooftop, 
it is really, really worth it. If you look up 1995 Halloween Havoc WCW. Okay. <laughs> okay. And just watch the fight between, well, Big Show now, but he was known as the Giant, mm-hmm. and Hulk Hogan when they're mm-hmm. fighting in monster trucks. <laughs> Supposedly on top of WCW's corporate office. Okay. And it, it is just the moment where you see, like, WCW went downhill. Like, yeah. So, wait, like, hold on. You can pinpoint that one very moment because it goes back into the stadium and the announcer, I think it was Bobby the Brain Heenan, just goes, what the hell was that? <laughs> so, hold on. It's it's Monster Truck Sumo on the roof of a building? Yes. That's like a mini game in Grand Theft Auto Five, Like, legit. <laughs> they got it really? from something. Yeah, there's there is a mini game. Well, granted, you're not in monster trucks, but it's like you're on the roof of a building, and like mm. it's it's the online factor of it. And there's like six people, and they're all in tiny little smart cars or Fiats or whatever, and you have to drive around on this roof and just bonk each other off the roof. Huh. It's, it's called sumo, car sumo. <laughs> yeah, that that's a thing. Apparently. <laughs> That's the thing. Wow. Uh, so this wraps up. Blake wakes up, calls the orphanage, and apparently Dr. whatever the hell his name was has rearranged it. So it's uh, when he calls the orphanage, it sounds like they just want to blow him off. Yep. But he comes to and he comes to save everybody. I think the weirdest part was when he had Dr. Breaking said, and he put the stink gas inside the, inside the suit. And then taped everything closed. <laughs> yeah, how is that guy still alive? I don't know. About the same thing. I was thinking, okay, he's filled with methane, goes through a window, break himself up, but his only line in this whole movie was, ah! <laughs> yep, he just walks around with a uh, monstrous ah. overbite and makes the sound of, ah! <laughs> and laughs. Yeah. yeah. That's why he's breaking said. Yeah. <laughs> Walter Blight. Uh, <laughs> and I tell well, I gotta make a, a point though, uh, going back to uh, Hogan, uh, sorry, uh, Blake and uh, his uh, relation to uh, Ebner, or Ebony, what's it, Ebner? Uh, oh, Ebner. We're getting I was there. really fascinated yeah. how it, uh, I feel like that inspired uh, a, a future film. Uh, if you watch uh, Spectre from James Bond, which came out back in uh, 2017, there was a similar storyline, albeit not the same exact thing, which you know, Bond has a more depth right. story. Uh, but you'll see that uh, James Bond goes on to realize because of a photo, <laughs> oddly enough, like, oh, adopted. If you go back to uh, Skyfall, you'll see it the background of his uh, origin story, like for the at least for the, the Craig era, because um, a lot of that stuff wasn't... Uh, gone into d- that much depth in any story prior to then like not as much anyway if it was it was very much like a passing uh, story or like word or phrase or something in the uh, the classic films but if you go back to Spectre there's actually a photo of him um, like a mountain like uh, like a mountain climbing snow and, and it's cut off and then he later realizes in the film and I don't think I'm giving anything away because not it's really. already 2020 going over this uh, uh, already and uh you realize that he's actually related to the villain in the film, you know, and it's like, oh, and it's like, here we're watching this, I'm watching this film last night, you know, 
and it's like, oh wow, look at look at uh, this movie inspired James Bond like uh, over twenty some odd years later. How how special. Turning out to be related to the bad guy sounds like a trope. Yeah, make it more personal. But I will say, I will add one point to that for Bob. I would say that's a bingo. (laughs) What was that from? Same actor, uh, Glorious Bastards. Uh, I was about to say it sounded like Fez for a second there, but all right. Christopher Waltz. That's it, Christopher Waltz. That's it. Just remembered it. Thank you. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> what a bizarre movie that was, too. Don't get off track. No, no, we're good. So, Blake discovers that being Santa made him better, but he also discovers that he was an orphan. Yeah, he well, was an he orphan. He was an orphan. It's like yeah. that. It's like that weird... Yeah, it's like that weird plot twist in Final Fantasy VIII where you realize everyone who's come together was an orphan in the same orphanage for reasons of what? (sighs) It's one of those... I start... Well, go ahead. Okay, Joss? I was going to say, how do you not remember that you're an orphan? Right. Orphan. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) We're in a world where the cops have standard issue bazookas, so it's like, it's not the weirdest thing that's happened. I'm... I'm currently now re-watching Fringe, mm-hmm. and I remember some of the stuff, like, the character Olivia is found that she was experimented on by Walter Bishop mm-hmm. as she was a kid and totally forgot about this, too. And how many things were shoehorned in, nobody ever knew. Right. That seems like trauma-induced forgetting this doesn't yeah. seem like it was that bad at that place i will say yeah if that place is not supposed to be a horror like if it was a horrible nightmare factory or whatever then fine i can understand him like 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 blocking it out yeah blocking it out like i, I can under, i can understand that but it seems like this place has been a decent place because uh that guy i can't remember the character's name the the old caretaker he's been there the whole time and he doesn't yeah. seem like a bad dude. He wasn't, like, abusing anybody. So no. why would he have blocked out being at this orphanage if it... I mean, granted, if you're at an orphanage, you've had a rough time to start with. But the orphanage True. itself seems to be an all right place. I can sort of explain it away. Um, because he did have amnesia. And some of the stuff is coming back slowly. So how many so, blows to the head has he taken before that he doesn't remember? No, it's just that... <laughs> He didn't remember who he was at all. And now he's starting to remember who he is, his name, everything else. But the beginning of his life is probably going to come back slower because it's further away in his memory. Well, maybe. Okay. That's a good point. All right. Yeah. Makes sense. So here we have the magical fight between Frost and Blake. And somehow, again, Frost can take more than one hit from Blake. Yeah. Um, he can take more than one hit until the until the caretaker pulls the tube out of his back. Because he's wearing a big, like a hazmat suit kind of thing. <laughs> I do love the scene when he's sucking on the hose, though. Yeah, kind of thing. Uh, I just want to... Taking my precious... Do a call back to Kaz. Um, hmm. Child size uh, 
pickaxes. Yep. Yes, he he wants the orphans to mine for him. Well, those child-sized pickaxes reminded me of something from uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, specifically the episode The Horrors of Spider Island, because they find a tiny little hammer at one point (laughs) on the island and automatically assume that they're mining for uranium. Yes. Because that's what hammers do, I guess. Wow. And they looked just like those tiny hammers the kids had. Oh, really? It's ridiculous. pickaxes. Child-sized well, pickaxes. Well, there, there's the weird henchman, too. Like, you have the cross between Jim Varney and the Brownie Man. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of them, like, the big, when they first come in with all, like, disinfectant spray, the big dude that comes in on the right side of the screen, that's Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Like, I was waiting up. for somebody to say that. Yep. yep. He is uh, listed as a sumo lab assistant, but yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, Beefcake right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listed Ed under Leslie. his real name of Edward Leslie. Yep. 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 And how he's still alive, I never know. <laughs> There's a few of them. Uh, for, honestly, with a lot of those, uh, with a lot of the old school wrestlers, it's probably a combination of preservatives, spite, and whatever connective tissue is left after years of steroid abuse. <laughs> I mean, you you look. Uh, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Solidified cocaine holding the body together. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne still yeah, alive. Right. Keith Richards. Keith Richards still alive. Yeah. So. Well, Ozzy's holding on right now. Not yeah, the no. Queen of England. May yeah. I jump in real quick? Go for it. If I could jump in real quick. Ed Leslie is a uh, Massachusetts native. Hmm, no really? way. Uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, uh, WWF uh, fame, but born Edward Leslie. He is a uh, Massachusetts native because there was a time within the past uh, five to ten years that I was reading an article. Apparently... He was uh, very much um, uh, in a state. Uh, he was didn't have money because he was uh, basically uh, too heavily into drugs. So at one point he was an MBTA operator for the T. Oddly enough, <laughs> oh wow! But it was it was very well kept quiet because it's not something he he or anyone in the public wanted to know. But uh, <laughs> was he in charge of the was mis- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I, I ran across. I, I had I thought it was hard to believe, but right. do, uh, you know, do you, I feel like uh, it's, do you know where at some point Hulkin stepped in? What yeah, do you know where in Massey's from? No, no me neither. I was just wondering if you knew because I'm like if he's from like Western Mass, then that doesn't really count because like I Western just Mass. Imagine that if he's on the MBTA, he's the one guy who goes. The destination of this train is oh God pain, and then. And they they can't pay him enough money, so it's just like somebody else has to step in. And <laughs> just looking at his bio briefly, like he was trained by Hulk Hogan, on to some degree. So I just imagine that he, you know, you know, like imagine if Hogan came in and had to do the rest of it. The, uh, the, destination, the destination of this train is Copley Square, brother. How <laughs> wife. Alewife, brother. <laughs> Brain tree. I know this is uh, a jump from that, but my favorite is always uh, Disney. Uh, Por favor, mantenga si Alejandro de la Suenta. I know it's a brutal uh, translation in Spanish, but 
I'll never forget. Please don't forget to do something. Por favor, me tenga si Alejandro. Honest to God, I've never forgotten that. I don't know why, but that has stuck with me just like uh, the tea and all the uh, the various things they say. <laughs> well, see, ha- half the time when I don't you're know on the ship, but that I know. Yeah. Well, see, half the time when you're on the tea, you'll hear like the the this destination of this train is. <laughs> or if you're on the green line, all you're going to hear is. Ta-tunk, ta-tunk. Well, you're not wrong. And then the thing's going to wobble like the, like you think it's going to fall over because, well, it's the tea. Right. There's a fun game you can play when you're on the tea. It's called Spot the Townie. Like, whoever can't seem to keep their balance, i.e. me half the time, is not actually native to Boston. <laughs> that is true. That's true. Wow, you're right. Wow. <laughs> Uh, so we wrap this movie up with the great fights with the doctor ends up in the freezer. Yep. Yep. The breaking sad Walter Blight ends up with fart gas all over him. And yep. he get, and he gets thrown into the nativity scene. Yeah, which is great. Yep. <laughs> which is great. But the, I thought he liked the fart gas. Yeah. Well, I mean... You can only get so high on your own supply before it becomes, like, horrible. Like, you can't tell me that none of you have actually, you know, like, stunk yourself out in the past. Like, they say you love your own oh, batch, but every now and then you're just like, oh, oh, no. I got, Something oh, died up there. No. <laughs> like, I, I, have cleared the, I have cleared the room of myself in the past. But I think we oh. glossed over the fact that um, Blake and Ebner... Were like best friends growing up. They were best friends and back in the day. One was like evil, one was good, and then I guess that's how they turned it into Unbreakable later on. Like Ebner is technically Mr. Glass. <laughs> yeah. Technically. Yeah, it's. But yeah, it's they weird. they grew up in this orphanage together. Wasn't it uh, Ebner didn't get adopted or something, or he had to work his way to get rich? I Honestly, I don't remember. By this point in the movie, my brain was just m- miles away. I'm just like, is it over yet? Oh, look, he punched that man. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, just waiting to see the fight, see what happens to these villains. Yeah. Right? <laughs> really, that's really the only thing. I do like that the Electro Girl basically gets dumped, water dumped on her. Yes. Ah. And, yeah. Uh, Lenny has a little bit of redeeming quality. Returns his wallet back to him. It's yeah. the only redeem, redeeming quality he's got. Yeah, because he's just yeah. kind of an idiot to, for the rest of it. And he refuses oh. to take off that stupid hat. It, did he think? Yeah, I think it becomes like a badge of honor. Really. Honestly, did he think we wouldn't recognize him if he wasn't wearing like a very specific hat? He much? wasn't wearing it at some point, but then he put it back on. Yeah, yeah. Before he climbed down a wire or something, and I, I thought, hey, kind of Robin Hood looking hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. And then the house explodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of reasons, and we can, and we learn that this is Build very crystals, electricity. Yep, that the whole building is ju- is absolutely just a straight up model, because you can see the bits coming apart, and like it's a cool effect, but it's like that is not a full size building. We know this for a certainty. That is a model. I can see the I can see the popsicle sticks in the background. Good. 
If well, you have to imagine this in 1996 world. Right. Yeah, everything's made out of, like, like popsicle sticks and hope. Yeah, popsicle sticks and hope, yeah, pretty much. It's a... It's weird, and they're like, oh, what are we going to Although you do have an amazing, amazing bit when you see all the villains go away. Yes. The yeah. locked up with the stinky one, uh, Dr. Bio. The doctor's frozen. Yep. Electro lady's shocked and burned. Yep. She's like the smoke coming off of her. And, uh, and the, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, power of I have a jackhammer discount Dr. Green from ER. Dr. Flint? Yeah, Dr. Flint, yes. What was his power supposed to be? He didn't have a power, he was a geologist. Yeah, he just, he owned a jackhammer, so therefore that's that's his usefulness to get into the vault, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was um, Kevin West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who... Another, I've seen him somewhere before. He was, Yeah, um, we can figure that out. He was in... We, we actually Gun. looked it up, because I was convinced it was actually, uh, Ant- uh, um... Goose, Dr. Green, the actual Anthony something. Uh, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards. I, I was convinced it was him, but no, it's just a very, well, I'd say dollar store representation of Anthony Edwards. He was in Gone in 66 seconds for like five minutes. Yep. He's one of the um, coroners. He's one of the coroners that works with Sphinx. Um, yeah, he's the guy that says, how's the guy who doesn't talk got to take a phone call? Yep. Um, We looked up a bunch of them yesterday. Do I still have that tab open? I do not. Hang on. Real quick. I remember him very prominently from Biodome. He was the uh, the, uh, the butterfly catcher guy or something. I remember that. Thank you. I remember that one. He was in Biodome, which is arguably a better movie than this. The outfit from one film to the other, because he he basically dresses the same in each film. Yeah. He just, yeah. just carries it over, especially with Hogan's wig from '96 uh, uh, when he did uh, High Noon uh, with the uh, Three Ninjas there, and then with this film being two years later, he just like he kept his wig and said, "Hey, I could reuse that for a future film again," and <laughs> there it was. He used it. <laughs> yeah, let's see. He looks like he was also in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, he was in Biodome. He was in Gone in sixty seconds. Uh. He was in an episode of The West Wing, and ironically, in an episode of ER somewhere. Oh, that's not surprising. So we had Dr. Green and his clone in the same episode, probably. Whoa. Wow. Well, yeah, and then at the end, it turns out it looks like everybody took over Frost place. Yeah, because... Yep, because it's not like uh, Blake's going to let anyone, like, be in his giant mansion that he's in by himself. Right. Even the second time going through this, I'm like, why did they just stay at his house? Oh. So you know I agree. I want to know where they got all these new kids from, right? Yeah. Oh. The orphans, too? Oh, and Jess, apparently he was in uh, Beyond Belief in one episode. Oh, yeah, he was. In 1997. Huh. Yep. As Brenda's date. Oh. Oh, yeah! And, okay. And listeners, the fact that she knows knew exactly which one I was talking about by saying Brenda's date. <laughs> yeah, because it's Brenda and Steve. Um, yeah. She's been on quarantine for a week. It's going to get bad. 
Uh, yeah, though that episode was actually a good one because it was true. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's about a couple. It's about a couple who prints who splits up, and they date other people, whatever. But they still like have feelings for each other, and then they both hear a radio, like, um, talk show where it's like. Talking about love, and this next song is for Brenda and Steve, and how they didn't let love uh, keep them together, and now they want to be together. They want to be together again, yeah. And then they meet I up. Remember this? They meet up. They meet up, <laughs> and they oh, meet up at the pier, and they fall in love again. But there's a bunch of other Brenda and Steves. At this pier. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all getting together. Huh. It's like they didn't give their love a chance. Meet at the pier. And Weird. it was like a true one. Huh. <laughs> That's the reason I remember it. Brenda. Brenda and Steve. Huh. And then oh. uh, the whole thing is actually... Nobody can actually pinpoint this particular radio station. Like it didn't actually exist. It's a pirate romantic radio station. <laughs> From Brenda and Steve. Weird. So there you go. Oh. To wrap this point up, I want to just read the the wiki of Santa with Muscles for the yep. legacy purpose. And this just... It just spells it all out amazingly. I still like this movie, just as a cornball, throwaway Christmas movie. Oh, definitely. It's harmless, but it is... Okay. The reception of Santa with Muscles has continued to be negative. Mm -hmm. As of December 2011, this was listed as 62 on IMDb's bottom 100 movies. Yep. It was listed... I've seen worse too. Mm-hmm. It was listed as 43 out of 50 in the worst films of all time for kids by Total Film and was Virgin Media's listed worst Christmas film. <laughs> the film was included in Atlantic City's weekly worst holiday film ranking behind Santa Claus Conquers the Martian <laughs> and Star Wars Holiday Special. Okay, the Star Wars Holiday Special was way worse. Oh, I agree. Oh, God. I agree. And there was an extra point. There's an excellent point here. Golden Globe nominee Mila Kunis made her film debut and was asked in 2011 by GQ magazine about her opinion of this. I was too young to understand the importance of working with Hulk Hogan. I just thought he was this huge man. <laughs> While comparing the film to American Psycho 2, what she co-stars with William Shatner. <laughs> And also adds the fact that Kuhn is and Ned Stark also uh, work together on that 70s show. Yep. Which we've been through. Yep. You keep saying Ned Stark. Is it Ned Stark? No. Oh, Don Stark. <laughs> Shit. That's why I'm like, wait, he died in the first season of GOT. <laughs> That's why I was like, you keep saying Ned Stark. I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Ned Stark again? Uh, he's played by Sean Bean um, in the very first oh, Game season of, Thrones. of Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. 
Gotcha, okay. Yeah, that... Oh, okay, he's the guy who sort of looks like Nick Offerman. Sort of? Yeah. It's just a stretch, but... Okay, okay, I'm I'm back in. (laughs) Alright, so... Fantasy casting. Oh... We changed Dr. Blight to the one from uh, Captain Planet. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Ellen? You guys got the dice, right? Yep. Uh, that's a 15. Nope. Darn. Fantasy casting. You know, I can't really think of a fantasy casting. I mean, it kind of works as is. Um, Put Anthony Edwards as... Well, here's the thing. I don't think Anthony Edwards would have actually made that role any better because Kevin West is the real over-the-top goofball. True. Whereas Anthony Edwards is kind of the serious, dorky-looking guy. You've never seen him in The Sure Thing. I guess not, but... Granted, my entire... Experience with that man comes from ER. So, um, hmm. He was in a lot of 80s movies. I, mean, I don't I can't really, th- no. I can't really think of uh, fantasy casting, honestly. Um, and move it on I up to one. the East set. I'll put Sherman well, Helmsley in somewhere. You know, what if we replaced uh, the. Dr. Vile with, uh, you know, Walter White. Okay. Yeah, that works. Let's give that a shot. It had changed the tone of the movie pretty severely. Uh, that's a 17. That's going to be a no. All right. Yeah. It w- the movie wouldn't be quite as dopey anymore, though, so that's... Uh... Well, I mean, you say that, though, but you s- do you say Walter White from the Breaking Bad universe or Brian Cranston? Huh. I said Walter White. Okay, I'm going to say Brian Cranston. Because okay. Brian Cranston himself is a wonderful, wonderful man. Let's see. Right. That's a 26. That'll work. Okay. <laughs> so, Brian Cranston is one of the weirdest dudes in the world, but people forget is that he was one of the original monsters on the Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> a bunch of times. He was So I think what he would do is he would take that to an even more insane role. Yep. Where like maybe he would have a tube out of its butt and he would be like expelling his own fart gas everywhere. Um, naturally. Just to circle that, uh he plays yeah. Zordon in the reboot. Movie. He did? Yes, he did. And he did really well with that, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I was actually about to say, let's just change this entire movie to the Power Rangers with Hulk Hogan. I mean, okay. And in case anyone was curious, in the original Power Rangers series, Brian Cranston was the voice of the Snizzard from, like, episode... Six, I think it was, and he's been random other monsters throughout the series since then because he's just been like Power Rangers. This is dumb. I love this. I'll be part of this. Yeah, he doesn't take himself seriously at all. No, no. though Ever. he's made some pretty serious movies and TV shows. So, and then he also did Malcolm in the Middle. So, right, and there is that wonderful, wonderful fan theory. That 
Walter White and the dad from Malcolm in the Middle are the same. Yeah. That he, when he was shot, he went into hiding. <laughs> okay. And yeah, he went into hiding and he became the dad. Why then Malcolm in the Middle, they never reveal his last name. True. Huh. Malcolm White. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They never reveal the family's last name and it's set way far in the future. He ages backwards. Yeah. He's right. Benjamin Button. Okay, so let's see. Uh, so gonna it's basically Power Rangers with Hulk Hogan as what, Zordon? No, the Power Rangers and Hulk Hogan take on these dastardly villains. Oh, like like every Scooby Doo uh, movie out there. Yes. Because Scooby Doo teams up with the WWE from time to time. The Undertaker has been on Scooby Doo. Yes. All right, let's see here. That's fourth. Uh, that's gonna be a thirty-seven. That works. <laughs> yeah. That's I the watch Power Rangers episode ever. Makes me happy. I mean, hell, oh, I'd watch. Start? Yeah, I'd watch it. I would, I would love that, yeah. Yep. I, got, I, I got a suggestion, too. Okay, oh, we're good. Good, we got oh, you. Good, good. Oh, good. I thought I lost you for a minute. Me, too. I was concerned I was lost. But, no, my suggestion was uh, if we could turn uh, the uh, all the villains into uh, character, uh, WWF characters. So, say, I know you were mentioning uh, Undertaker, but suggest... Uh, maybe uh, instead utilizing uh, Beefcake, who was in the film, but then also utilizing Undertaker uh, and Paul White or the Giant Big Show as uh, the uh, those the, the superpower villains, just to add more beef to their uh, <laughs> their uh, their strength of some kind. So I suggest doing uh, adding them if I could if I could. Okay. All right, so all right. So who would Doctor Vile be? Who who is the uh, it wasn't Rikishi. Who was the one who would do, like, the power drop from the top rope and, like, sit on the guy's face? He was supposed to have, like, a really stinky backside attitude. Oh, it was Rikishi, yeah. It was Rikishi. All right, so, yeah, Dr. Vile would be Rikishi, yep. you know, that kind of that kind of thing. Let's see what we get. Uh, that is... <laughs> that's a 35. So, yeah, all right, I'll watch it. And, there, and then the Power Rangers are part of it, too. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I am so in. Wasn't Rikishi the guy who, like, the rock shoved McMahon's face in his ass? I, it might have been. Possibly, yeah. Uh, Very well might have been. Yeah, that was yeah, part was of the attitude. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. Right, yeah. right, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, now I'm just thinking of, the, like, the rock and sock connection. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> See, I miss Attitude Era and like slightly before that because okay, I I will admit there's more than a few problematic issues with some of the characters from that time and it's not exactly inclusive or anything like that, but it was oh, no. over the top and silly and dumb and I loved it. <laughs> and I kind of miss it because now it's like everybody's just their own names or just a name like even Finn Balor is just like a dude like nobody right. has we don't have the matador we don't have Reza Ramon we don't have stuff like right. that you know or to change a lot or Tatanka which let's face it that was really not okay but I still to this day I remember his entrance music oh, yeah. it is it is on constant play in the back of my mind somewhere 
<laughs> and it's great. All right. Good. Ooh. Um, geez, where are we now? I mean, this is pretty much that. Anybody got anything else? That was it no. for me. Now I just want to go watch old WWF. How's this? How does this new movie end? Or do you have a title for this uh, masterpiece? Uh, Big Chino just said it. <laughs> it's just it's just a G and a bunch of R's because uh, he has because he went went and got mad because somebody honked their horn because nobody. Santa with Megazords. Yes. Santa with Megazords. Fucking a right. Yes, I'm in. One hundred percent, I am in. Would there still be a fight with crystals? I feel like sure. that seems very Power Rangers. Oh, absolutely. Oh, hell, there was um, an entire series that was based on Zeo crystals. Oh, my God. It's a new one. It's a newer one. Oh, no, the new, the newer one, that's Energems. I'm talking, this, oh, I'm talking right. the original Zeo crystals. Right. When, when Tommy became the Red Ranger. Right, right, right. The one true Red Ranger. Shut up. <laughs> uh... I'm going to be sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So, Bob, it's on to you, man. So you've got the reins of next month. Why don't you announce the next movie? Yes. For next month on Movie Theater Time Machine, we are going into the fantasy realm. And starting with our first fantasy film for the month of April, we are going to watch the 1945 classic, a Matter of Life and Death, starring David Niven. I have okay. never heard of it. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I never have either. Fantasy. You guys are in for a, a treat for a good month. We're going to take your mind off of a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world today and uh, hope you, we can bring a little satisfaction uh, for the time that we record and you can enjoy it. Okay. Okay, works awesome. for me. What about some of the other movies? Yeah. Oh, you want that? Uh, the yeah. other, some of the other films that I, I was looking at uh, for the month was Munster, Go Home, the '66 uh, classic from the Munsters, the uh, first film after they finished uh, completing uh, their television run. Uh, then the third film I was looking into and was hoping you'd all be very happy with another great fantasy classic, Never. Ending Story, the 1984 classic film. Oh, Warner Brothers have a never and ending podcast? <laughs> never ending <laughs> podcast. <laughs> there you go. And I, want to, I, I was hoping to finish off the month with uh, a very more modern age yet classic film starring, uh, I forget his name at the moment. Uh, it was uh, Midnight in Paris. It's a Woody Allen classic. I think you all enjoy it. We're going to break the, uh, the mold on the machine and bring it up a bit to uh, the year 2011 Ooh. but i think you're all going to enjoy it and we're all going to growl just like chino and enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> all right what, it'll be what a growl it'll be a real growl what are you grumping about chino relax oh uh, we're gonna like this yeah we're gonna like this one i'm particularly can i do you mind if i just go through the list of some of your rejects or like what we weren't <laughs> going to do Sure, if you want. If you want to call them rejects, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the 76 Freaky Friday. Oh, I've seen that one. 1998's Big. 
right. And the 1991 forgotten classic, The Rocketeer. Oh, God, The Rocketeer. Oh, I love that one. I love The Rocketeer. But it's... your picks are amazing, man. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Thank you. Are Thank you. Absolutely amazing. And these are going to be great. These are going to be amazing. All right. Yeah. Okay, so... All right. All right. So that about does it for this episode. And um, we want to wish you all well. Please, everyone, please be safe. Yes. Everybody's we need you to be. Yeah, everyone... So that way we can... We can all just get back to normal and some of us can get back to fucking work. Yep. Yeah. It's like, be safe, wash your damn hands, and social distance, damn it. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> be good, take care of yourself, but don't be too good, folks. <laughs>